Section 1 of Selections from the Principles of Philosophy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by phone. Selections from the Principles of Philosophy by Rene Descartes. Translated by John Veitch. Part 1 of the Principles of Human Knowledge. 1 that in order to seek truth it is necessary once in the course of our life to doubt as far as possible of all things as we were at one time children and as we formed various judgments regarding the objects presented to our senses when as yet we had not the entire use of our reason numerous prejudices stand in the way of our arriving at the knowledge of truth and of these it seems impossible for us to rid ourselves unless we undertake once in our lifetime to doubt of all those things in which we may discover even the smallest suspicion of uncertainty two that we ought also to consider as false all that is doubtful moreover it will be useful likewise to esteem as false the things of which we shall be able to doubt that we may with greater clearness discover what possesses most certainty and is the easiest to know three that we ought not meanwhile to make use of doubt in the conduct of life in the meantime it is to be observed that we are to avail ourselves of this general doubt only while engaged in the contemplation of truth for as far as concerns the conduct of life we are very frequently obliged to follow opinions mere probable or even sometimes though of two courses of action we may not perceive more probability in the one than in the other to choose one or other seeing the opportunity of acting would not unfrequently pass away before we could free ourselves from our doubts four why we may doubt of sensible things accordingly since we now only design to apply ourselves to the investigation of truth we will doubt first whether of all the things that have ever fallen under our senses or which we have ever imagined any one really exist in the first place because we know by experience that the senses sometimes err and it would be imprudent to trust too much to what has even once deceived us secondly because in dreams we perpetually seem to perceive or imagine innumerable objects which have no existence and to one who has thus resolved upon a general doubt there appear no marks by which he can with certainty distinguish sleep from the waking state five why we may also doubt of mathematical demonstrations we will also doubt of the other things we have before held as most certain even of the demonstrations of mathematics and of their principles which we have hitherto deemed self-evident in the first place because we have sometimes seen men fall into error in such matters and admit as absolutely certain and self-evident what to us appeared false but chiefly because we have learned that god who created us is all-powerful for we do not yet know whether perhaps it was his will to create us so that we are always deceived even in the things we think we know best since this does not appear more impossible than our being occasionally deceived which however as observation teaches us is the case and if we suppose that an all-powerful god is not the author of our being and that we exist of ourselves by some other means still the less powerful we suppose our author to be the greater reason will we have for believing that we are not so perfect as that we may not be continually deceived six that we possess a free will by which we can withhold our assent from what is doubtful and thus avoid error but meanwhile whoever in the end may be the author of our being and however powerful and deceitful he may be 
we are nevertheless conscious of a freedom by which we can refrain from admitting to a place in our belief aught that is not manifestly certain and undoubted and thus guard against ever being deceived seven that we cannot doubt of our existence while we doubt and that this is the first knowledge we acquire when we philosophize in order while we thus reject all of which we can entertain the smallest doubt and even imagine that it is false we easily indeed suppose that there is neither god nor sky nor bodies and that we ourselves even have neither hands nor feet nor finally a body but we cannot in the same way suppose that we are not while we doubt of the truth of these things for there is a repugnance in conceiving that what thinks does not exist at the very time when it thinks accordingly the knowledge i think therefore i am is the first and most certain that occurs to one who philosophizes orderly eight that we hence discover the distinction between the mind and the body or between a thinking and corporeal thing and this is the best mode of discovering the nature of the mind and its distinctness from the body for examining that we are while supposing as we now do that there is nothing really existing apart from our thought we clearly perceive that neither extension nor figure nor locomotion nor anything similar that can be attributed to body pertains to our nature and nothing save thought alone and consequently that the notion we have of our mind precedes that of any corporeal thing and is more certain seeing we still doubt whether there is any body in existence while we already perceive that we think nine what thought cogitatio is by the word thought i understand all that which so takes place in us that we of ourselves are immediately conscious of it and accordingly not only to understand intelligere entendre to will velle to imagine imaginari but even to perceive sentire sentir are here the same as to think cogitare penser for if i say i see or i walk therefore i am and if i understand by vision or walking the act of my eyes or of my limbs which is the work of the body the conclusion is not absolutely certain because as is often the case in dreams i may think that i see or walk although i do not open my eyes or move from my place and even perhaps although i have no body but if i mean the sensation itself or consciousness of seeing or walking the knowledge is manifestly certain because it is then referred to the mind which alone perceives or is conscious that it sees or walks ten that the notions which are simplest and self-evident are obscured by logical definitions and that such are not to be reckoned among the cognitions acquired by study but as born with us i do not here explain several other terms which i have used or designed to use in the sequel because their meaning seems to me sufficiently self-evident and i frequently remarked that philosophers erred in attempting to explain by logical definitions such truths as are most simple and self-evident for they thus only rendered them more obscure and when i said that the proposition i think therefore i am is of all others the first and most certain which occurs to one philosophizing orderly i did not therefore deny that it was necessary to know what thought existence and certitude are and the truth that in order to think it is necessary to be and the like but because these are the most simple notions and such as of themselves afford the knowledge of nothing existing i did not judge it proper there to enumerate them eleven how we can know our mind more clearly than our body 
but now that it may be discerned how the knowledge we have of the mind not only proceeds and has greater certainty but is even clearer than that we have of the body it must be remarked as a matter that is highly manifest by the natural light that to nothing no affections or qualities belong and accordingly that where we observe certain affections there a thing or substance to which these pertain is necessarily found the same light also shows us that we know a thing or substance more clearly in proportion as we discover in it a greater number of qualities now it is manifest that we remark a greater number of qualities in our mind than in any other thing for there is no occasion on which we know anything whatever when we are not at the same time led with much greater certainty to the knowledge of our own mind for example if i judge that there is an earth because i touch or see it on the same ground and with still greater reason i must be persuaded that my mind exists for it may be perhaps that i think i touch the earth while there is one in existence but it is not possible that i should so judge and my mind which thus judges not exist and the same holds good of whatever object is presented to our mind twelve how it happens that every one does not come equally to know this those who have not philosophized in order have had other opinions on this subject because they never distinguished with sufficient care the mind from the body for although they had no difficulty in believing that they themselves existed and that they had a higher assurance of this than any other thing nevertheless as they did not observe that by themselves they ought here to understand their minds alone when the question related to metaphysical certainty and since on the contrary they rather meant their bodies which they saw with their eyes touched with their hands and to which they erroneously attributed the faculty of perception they were prevented from distinctly apprehending the nature of the mind thirteen in what sense the knowledge of other things depends upon the knowledge of god but when the mind which thus knows itself but is still in doubt as to all other things looks around on all sides with a view to the farther extension of its knowledge it first of all discovers within itself the ideas of many things and while it simply contemplates them and neither affirms nor denies that there is anything beyond itself corresponding to them it is in no danger of erring the mind also discovers certain common notions out of which it frames various demonstrations that carry conviction to such a degree as to render doubt of their truth impossible so long as we give attention to them for example the mind has within itself ideas of numbers and figures and it has likewise among its common notions the principle that if equals be added to equals the wholes will be equal and the like from which it is easy to demonstrate that the three angles of a triangle are equal to two right angles etc now so long as we attend to the premises from which this conclusion and other similar to it were deduced we feel assured of their truth but as the mind cannot always think of these with attention when it has the remembrance of a conclusion without recollecting the order of its deduction and is uncertain whether the author of its being has created it of a nature that is liable to be deceived even in what appears most evident it perceives that there is just ground to distrust the truth of such conclusions and that it cannot possess any certain knowledge until it has discovered its author fourteen that we may validly infer the existence of god from necessary existence being comprised in the concept we have of him when the mind afterwards reviews the different ideas that are in it it discovers what is by far the chief among them that of a being omniscient all-powerful and absolutely perfect and it observes that in this idea there is contained not only possible and contingent existence as in the ideas of all other things which it clearly perceives 
but existence absolutely necessary and eternal and just as because for example the equality of its three angles to two right angles is necessarily comprised in the idea of a triangle the mind is firmly persuaded that the three angles of a triangle are equal to two right angles so from its perceiving necessary and eternal existence to be comprised in the idea which it has of an all-perfect being it ought manifestly to conclude that this all-perfect being exists fifteen that necessary existence is not in the same way comprised in the notions which we have of other things but merely contingent existence the mind will be still more certain of the truth of this conclusion if it considers that it has no idea of any other thing in which it can discover that necessary existence is contained for from this circumstance alone it will discern that the idea of an all-perfect being has not been framed by itself and that it does not represent a chimera but a true and immutable nature which must exist since it can only be conceived as necessarily existing end of section one